Welcome to this episode of the Comedy Defect Podcast. My name is Winter Fonander, I'm a comedian, and this is my show, so welcome to the show, guys. This is episode 64 with a very funny Susan Murray. She runs a comedy club which she compares every month called The Red Imp. She has just finished running the Walthamstow Comedy Festival, and she also does a radio show with Nina Benjamin called You Have Been Warned, and that is an online radio station on East London Radio. Uh, she's very funny. And great act. I enjoyed spending an hour and 20 or so minutes with her. They just absolutely flew by. And I got a bit unnerved after a while because the interview that I was doing ended up becoming an interview about me. And like, you know what? She put me at ease. She said, look, Winter, it's okay. It's a conversation, which is nice. <laughs> I enjoyed that. No, but go and find her on Facebook. Go and find her on YouTube. Go and see her live. She's supported Deliso Chaponda, you know the guy, you might have heard of him, he's been on Britain's Got Talent. She's been supporting him around the country and she's been added on for a few more dates supporting Deliso. Go and check her out live, she is very funny. You can follow this podcast on Twitter at The Comedy Defect. You can follow me at Winter Phonander or you can come see my live stand-up gig dates which are on my website which is winterphonander.com. Now, you're going to be hearing this after I've done The Fringe or actually just while, there's going to be three days left of the fringe experience for me when this goes out. I, I hope that I'm still alive and it's gone really well. But if there's three days left, you can come see me at Edinburgh. Just come up for the last three days. I'm there till the 28th. But if you want to support this podcast, you can. Go to Patreon, type in The Comedy Defect Podcast. You can donate as little as a pound or as much as you feel this podcast is worth. But if you're in Edinburgh for the last three days, that's the 20, 25th, 26th and 28th, come see a couple of my gigs. That'll be fun. That'll make it up to me. Or look, or if you don't want to support the podcast, just leave us a nice, honest review on iTunes or Podbean. Go on. Go on. It's on your phone. That thing you're holding in your hand. That thing that, you know, you just stare at like a, a glowing orb every day. That thing that, you know, every soon, soon, as soon as you wake up in the morning, you just pick up that, that thing. You know that thing? Yeah, that thing you're holding in your hand right now. You can leave us a nice, honest review. Five stars is fine. Let, just let it go. Just pretend like you're on TripAdvisor. Pretend like your opinion matters, okay? Just do that. Just go with, Just go with it. Just enjoy yourself. This is episode 64. I know you're going to enjoy it. I, I enjoyed talking to Susan for an hour or so. It was great. It just flew by. Episode 64. Susan Murray. Enjoy. Susan Murray, welcome to the Comedy Defect uh, in your own house, but thank you for having me over. That's all right, mate. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm, I'm actually, I've got one of those, you know, one of those surprising hangovers. Where you weren't expecting it, because the night before last, I drank three quarters of a bottle of wine, and I was fine all day yesterday. And then last night, I finished off the bottle of wine, so it's like a small glass of red, and I am absolutely hanging today. Oh, just topped it up, like, sort of thing. Well, like... I don't, I just, I've had to go and have a fry-up, and I still feel, oh. <laughs> still feel really bad. <laughs> yeah. It was one glass of wine, what right. a lightweight. So it's one of those, like, unfair hangovers, because yeah. I really don't deserve this. The sweats and paranoia, like, are they just like... No, a... not quite that bad, just, just a headache and just, like, feeling a bit, uh... yeah, I haven't got yeah. the horrors, thankfully. Oh, those are the worst, aren't they, though? Yeah. Especially when you're going through airport security. Oh, totally, like just sweating and looking paranoid, you know, and like, yeah. oh yeah, just come up here for a second, please. Yeah. Uh, just, I'm, like, not, I'm not smuggling drugs, wipe. I'm just chung over, that's all. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, officer. So I did a gig the other day and there was like one guy who drank like four cans of Red Bull and I was like, holy fucking shit. Oh my wow. And he was, he was emceeing on another planet somewhere. He did was he just, work? Did the gig no, work? No, not really. Oh really? <laughs> not really, but <laughs> everyone was going on, but it was just like, because, you know, like that much energy in one person is like, creates like, a couple more people in that per one person, you know, and then they're just like having a conversation with but themselves each can on stage. Is another personality. It is really that's what happened. Like, and, and they, so they were all kind of like watching these four acts on stage in one act, 
and occasionally there would be a laugh that any of those people weren't really connecting with the people that were actually in the room, if you know what I mean. So it's like, oh man, so it was kind of weird to go Just on. Confusing. To that. Yeah, absolutely. They were like, well, uh, what's happening? Are we... Is this, is this for us or them? Wow. You know, so, yeah. Well, but. the thing is, Red Bull, it is a tool of the trade, isn't mm. it? Because if you're driving... Like, the other day, I did London to Hull and back in one day. Yeah. So by the time I'd gotten there, because of the Friday traffic, I was just... You're just fried, basically, mm. aren't you? And I was like, right, the only way I'm going to get through this is a can of Red Bull. So it works. It really, really does work. And then and then I had a Diet Coke on the way back because, you, you know, you're tired driving home. Yeah. And then I had chest pains. Oh, <laughs> I was on the motorway no. thinking, am I going to have a heart attack on this motorway? Do oh. I need to unlock my doors just in case somebody needs oh. to access my body? Yeah. And then I remembered I'd had Red Bull and... And I don't normally drink caffeine because I don't like warm milk, so I don't drink tea. Oh. And then I was like, oh, yeah, it was the Red Bull. Yeah. <laughs> Red Bull and Diet Coke. Do you get that, though? Like, I mean, I, I'm a nightmare. It's like, I, I get hungry and like, oh... And you want to just grab something nice and quick, and like you grab a big pack of crisps or something, right? And you get home, and then you have the, the you kind of have the same sort of chest pains. But as you're, you're, you're like, you finish the bag, you're like, oh god, these chest pains. There must be all the fat coagulating in my arteries. I better lie on my right side just in case it just settles on the one. You know, if you ever have that, I get that. Maybe that's my paranoia as well. But I, I get that. You know, with the Red Bull, I can't drink it as well. But I did try some of these. Uh, I was down at Brighton Fringe there was it last week, and then I had like, because I had a kid show, I had uh, a game show, uh, shoe shoe turners. Um, There's a person called Shoe. Stew, sorry, Shoe. It's my accent. <laughs> no, it's Stew Turner. You know, he's got like a, a game show he does down there. He's done it for like a few. I don't years. know him actually. And, um, he's a magician, a comedian, and uh, and he uh, he did that. And then I had another promo sp- uh, spot, and then I had my own hour show in the evening. And I was like, "Fuck, that's I, too much." I'm, I'm so t- and and I had the kids show was the one I was more terrified about than anything else, you know. So uh, that uses mm. all your energy, doesn't it? Being all that nervous. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. I remember. Once I did. I had six shows in a day in Edinburgh Festival. It was <laughs> by the last one. I was ever seeing a late night, quite big gig for my friend Neil Masters, who puts on like you know he has like you know people like Tom Stade mm-hmm. on and like lots of big Zach acts on. It's just like a midnight show. I was just nothing was working. No matter caffeine was helping, and I was proper. I was a bit rubbish really, but mm. I was just. There's just you can just do too much in one day, and then yeah. you have to sort of like just you do have to know your limits really. Yeah. Before we start recording, it's like I did, I had my own gig last night, and I had Stefano Paolini, and then like uh, Ed Hedges opened, and then two minutes spots with Caviar Pado and um, Yaz Feto, right? And then I was I felt really good. I felt I felt like I felt I feel really good today. It's going to be a good gig, you know. And you're driving to the gig like yeah, you know, get there, and you're just like every like you're just you have the energy you have the joy in you but it's not translating you know, and you're going what never, is the disconnect it completely reminds me of like me about say 10 years ago and sometimes and I've never really worked out what he was sometimes you'd be in a really good mood and you'd have a good gig and then other times you'd be in a really good mood and you wouldn't have a good gig and it was like the two things didn't really correlate and mm. I've and I, you assume that they will, but they don't. Yeah. And then other times when you're like really hungover and not in the mood, not yeah. up for it, you might have a great gig. Yeah. So there's absolutely no laws, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh-huh. But it's also, but then there is that thing where, you know, the worse the time you have getting to the gig, generally the nicer the gig is. You know, if you've had, <laughs> if you've been like a closure on the M1 on a Friday and you get to your gig and you're on stage like 20 seconds later, yeah. sometimes you have a better gig. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I wish somebody needs to write out the laws mm. <laughs> of good gigs. You've actually made it to the gig on time. I mean, we did. The... And what are the, what are the cliches of people? Uh, everyone uh, has their own path. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um... I'm going to do some new material tonight. That's the other cliche that yeah. people say to themselves and never do. Yeah. It's all material is another one. Yeah. Because everything's material. Like if you put get put in jail, you know what I mean. If you get shot in the leg, it's all material. Yeah. 
Yeah. Every day's a school day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard that one? No, not I in stand-up. one of my own that I've been hammering out. Like, uh, uh, So, uh, you know, uh, you've learned something from every gig. Mm, mm, you don't, no, actually. No, you don't. The you most don't. frustrating thing is when you've had a ropey gig and, mm. um, you know, you kind of do the gig autopsy on the way home yeah. in the car mm-hmm. and sometimes you just can't work it out yeah. and it's really frustrating. Mm. If you can work it out, it's fine. If you go, oh, I stepped on those hecklers too hard at the beginning, yeah. you made the audience... Put, put them on the back foot you know sometimes yeah. you can work it out it? but when you can't you just oh I think I might just, just drive into the central reservation and be done with it all <laughs> <laughs> was it on the way back hopefully after you got paid that's the most important thing right yeah well uh, back yeah. to follow so you'd have to kill yourself after a week the thing of the last night I, I was first people you know your first person you speak to they say oh, oh the first thing is like you're that MC tip okay always speak to the person who's smiling first the person in front who's smiling oh I wish someone had told me that years yeah. ago yeah and I I, follow, have, I fo- haven't followed that advice twice the woman uh, with her uh, what looked to me to I assumed assumed I assumed stupidly that is this your son I said no it was her her, her bloke she'd been going out with for seven years and I was like oh no and he was visibly a lot younger than her and I wasn't judging at all I was just like but I just like is that your son because like, he looked younger but they looked so similar because they had the same glasses and everything you know and I was like oh shit morphing so, into each other that was the first thing I asked and but then, that must have happened to her loads really. it did, was it she, did. were they alright about it yeah they were pretty cool about it and I was like in the break I was like because uh, uh, I knew them because they come to the gig every month you know and I was like okay and I was like oh you know I'm really sorry about that and they were like no it's fine she was like she, she, she next time she gonna bring she just wanted to to leave a booby trap for me you know it's like there you go i know you're gonna fucking ask me yeah and that's it so she was just like did you did you go into them did you find out the age difference Uh, no because the audience just went oh you're an asshole (laughs) 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 and i just went okay (laughs) and then just carry and i carried on and then uh just tried to make some salvage something from the wreckage and i did but it was just like oh man you see in that situation i would have just gone you dirty old bitch you and just really gone for it and then if you kind of it's almost like kill or cure, isn't it? Yeah. You, you just have to kind of go, oh, look at you. Where did you find him? Did you hang around a school? Did you know that kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. I, I just I really know. go into it. But it was just like, oh, I was just like flummoxed. I was like, absolutely like, oh, no. But I, next I, time you won't be. No, that's it. It's true. So, you know, it is, all the, it is all a school day, isn't it? Do you know, the first I emceed was one of... Daniel Kitson. Oh, yeah. I emceed one of his first gigs and I was just terrified of emceeing and it took me three years to actually do it. When I... Started running my own gig and right. MC my own gig is when I finally got comfortable with it. And now I can breeze through it, really. Yeah. And I just... I think if you're just confident and you don't worry... But it's really hard to do that double bluff, isn't it? Yeah. So, but if you're genuinely don't care, mm. it's, it's genu- generally fine. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get audiences... I mean, oh, my God, I remember once I was um, MCing in... Not if Jonga's Nottingham, the place yeah, where the right. maggots came through the <laughs> through the ceiling oh. one time. Right, just couldn't get anything from the audience. They mm. just did not want to speak to me. What do you do? Nothing. What do you do? I'm a prostitute. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like after you've had three of those, you just think I hate you all. Mm. I really genuinely hate you. Mm. And then I started doing jokes. Nothing. Right. Then I thought, oh well, I'll do short jokes. Nothing. And it was a bank holiday, and I remember driving home thinking. Why do I do this to myself? Yeah. And that was one of the... It was just... They were just horrible. They were just vile. But if you go on and they hate you, but the acts still do well, yeah. you've still done your job mm-hmm. because you are there for the acts to have a good time, really. So it, even though you're taking it on the chin and you are taking one for the team, because mm-hmm. they're going to... You know, if they're in that mood, they might, they'll might they hate one person. Yeah. It's invariably the MC. You just, yeah. You've just you still done your job and there's no point in beating yourself up That's about it. it. That's it. But luckily, like, they come every, every month and they, they seem like uh, me do well, but they're like... Oh, they were just loving this moment of watching me squirm for a change. You know, like, it was delicious for the wrong them. Reasons. It was delicious. They were like, oh, 
finally we've got you <laughs> and I was like fuck this is not my night it is your night <laughs> you know so but yeah it was uh, but as I said everyone, as I said, everyone did really great but you've been supporting Dilly Soul Chapunder haven't you uh, on I this have, tour yeah. and yeah. how was that was it fun oh it's been really really nice it's what's lovely about it is the audiences generally a couple have been a couple of them haven't been great because if if they haven't come to see you specifically, they can be a bit. Mm. And the were uh, the Mac in Birmingham wasn't good. They were just kind of like they were just really stuck up and a bit mm. hard. And I told them because the, I'm from near Birmingham, mm. but I'm from the Black Country. But obviously Birmingham looks down on the Black Country, mm. and in the Mac it's very posh around there. So they really looked down on me. Right. So that didn't endear them dear me towards them at all. But generally, the audience has been so so nice. And you can go on and you can play and, you know, I'm meant to be doing 20 minutes and I've been doing 30 to 35 because it's been so lovely. But it doesn't matter because, like, the gigs, you know, they're not they're not on a massive timescale thing. And it's nice having the regular work and it's just, it's just been, it's, yeah, I've really, really enjoyed it. And Deleuze, I mean, the tour's really long. Mm. He's doing about six months or something. And he's split it up. He's got five different support acts, so he split it up between five of us. So I did my last one last week. I did Kings Lynn on Saturday, and I did Canterbury on Sunday, and Sunday was such a ball. Yeah. And the guy who taught me stand-up came to Canterbury. Right. Who was taught you stand-up? Dave Thompson. Oh, right, yeah. He taught me stand-up at the Jackson's Lane Community Centre in Highgate. Right. He'd left his suit at... Do you know Tony Vino? Are you talking about Dave Thompson, the Tinky Winky? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, 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 great. He'd left his suit at, at, at Tony Vino's when he was gigging in Manchester, like, the week before. So Tony Vino gave it to Delisa, who's his best mate, right. and said, are you going down south? He's like, yeah, can you take Dave's suit for him? Because that's what comics do. Yeah. If somebody's left him, yeah, I'll take that. But I didn't get to see him, actually. I'd left by the time he'd made contact with me because his phone didn't have any signal. <laughs> but, yeah, he sent me a really complimentary text. He's like, oh, that's the best I've ever seen. Oh, that was like, nice. oh, you're my teacher. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's great. Oh, bit of kudos. Oh, yeah, it's been really good. And I mean, the problem with going on tour with someone is you go on and you think you've had a corker of a gig, right? Because oh. my, my stock line that I've loved doing, because the age limit is 14 at these gigs, so you do get some youngsters in the, in the crowd. <laughs> so when there's a boy, I generally, <laughs> generally say to them, and this is my favourite bit to do, ask them a few questions and ask them their age and then just say, it's so nice that you could take some time out of your wanking schedule to join us. And their parents are literally creased up. And it, it just it takes the room down, man. So it's been really, really yeah. good fun doing that. So I've been having, you know, I've had some of the best gigs of my life doing this tour. Yeah. And then Deliso goes on stage and he just wipes the floor with totally. me because he's oh, so good. Yeah. But I've been learning a lot from watching him, actually. I've been learning... Because you could, you know, even though I've been doing it for two decades, you can st- you can still learn. Mm. And I'm learning from watching the way he performs and my mind's material. Mm. And like that's what I love about this job because you've got someone like Dave Johns is in his sixties. So is um, Jeff Innocent. Have you worked with either of these two? Yeah, yeah. They're amazing, mm. and they're still getting better year on year, aren't mm-hmm. they? I was I did new material uh, on Monday night, and I worked with Gronya Maguire, and I haven't seen Gronya for ages, and she had some. I can't stop thinking about this routine that she yeah. did. She had she did this brilliant routine about she went on a date and the guy said to her, You look like a nun in civvies. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I mean how crutton was sitting on the back. We were absolutely mm. pissing ourselves laughing. But then she mined it. Yeah. She really mined it for material and she mm. I mean she must have done a, a good like five or six minutes on this subject. Brilliant. And it ended up with her going on about I'd be the, you know, the hot nun. I'd be sent to the Von Trapp children to go and look after them. What, you know, and what was she, what it ended up with? It was basically her going on about Baron Von Trapp. What happened to his wife? I mean, they've got all those kids. How old was he? Did he fuck her to death? Oh, man. <laughs> on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and it, oh, it, it was just really good the way she'd done it. And mm. she, you know, she she runs writing courses as well. So she knows how to mine 
a subject. Mm-hmm. It was really inspiring watching her. Yeah. I thought she was great. A lot of twists and just like, you know, where oh, I took it there and took it there. Yeah, That's where's it. she going to take yeah. this? I mean, oh. the main joke was, you look like a nun in the series. I yeah. was just bellowing at that because she really does. She really, really, really does. Yeah. <laughs> Bless her. Well, you're saying you do a radio show as well at the moment? Or yeah, I do. Um, I co-present with Nini Benjamin on East London Radio, which is an online radio uh, station. Because we were going to do a podcast, actually. And then I think I went there to promote a gig or maybe the Red Imp Comedy Club previous season for last year. And I just said to the guy running it, I said, can I come and present a show on here with a friend of mine, another comedian? He went, yeah, because, you know, no one was getting paid. He's not going to say no, is he, to a couple of stand-ups doing a radio show for him. We do it roughly monthly, um, the first Tuesday of the month, and we absolutely love it. And we've learnt how to mine and go with the conversation. Yeah. Because we don't have any specific subjects, and podcasts are meant to be about, you know, mm-hmm. a specific subject, but, the, you know, it's still a radio show. And then we, we choose songs to play to it, because we've got such wildly different music tastes. She's yeah. into, like, soul and R&B, and I can't stand any of that yeah. shit. And I'm into punk and indie. She yeah. can't stand any of my shit. Yeah. So from that point of view, it's actually really funny. Great. And we do lots of talking about food, because mm. people really go in for food nostalgia, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Like, do you remember Dream Topping? All that kind yeah, of shit. Yeah, right. And then we film it as well on Facebook, so we broadcast it on our page. And the show is called "Have You, you Have Been Warned?" Because mm. we swear a lot, you know. Mm, we're yeah, both yeah. a couple of sweary Marys. That's why it's <laughs> got the. And I think someone else came up for that title for us because we were like, "I can't think of a title." Mm. So we put it out on Facebook, and we both live our lives on Facebook. So we've got a page on Facebook and we broadcast it from that page so people can just watch us yeah. as well. And we get more views on that, actually, because yeah. I don't know how many people listen to online radio. I can't imagine there's loads. Cause it's... And people have said to us, you know, can I download it so yeah. I can put it on my phone and then listen to it in the car? Huh. So we had to get the ship, the station manager to sort of up his game technologically and go, yeah. we need a podcast of ours. Yeah. And he's like, oh, OK, well, I'll do that for all of them then. Great. So they just podcasted it for you without even doing anything else? He did it all. That's great. I know. Nice one. So it it means I can out. sell all my podcast equipment. I can sell now because I don't need it. That's it. So <laughs> but it's, it's great fun because you're just sitting, you're just yakking around. Yeah. And we really, I mean, we really make each other laugh as oh, well. Oh. And I'm kind of almost a straight woman and she's right. the kind of the mad, zany one. We haven't done it for a while because Ninny's been away, and so we're doing it again next week. My parents are down actually, so I think I'm going to have to oh, sort yeah. of get my my dad's cousin lives around the corner. I'm going to have to. Can you go to the pub with my parents? So they have no way of listening to my radio thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want them to hear it. Yeah. So do you like? You, of course, the banter back between back and forth has been like you know turn that shit off now. We're going to put some punk on right and that kind of thing like back yeah. and forth. And I always play something by the Damned or New Model Army. I'm sure the listeners go, yeah, what should? It's either going to be the Damned or New Model Army or the Cult. It's always yeah, yeah. all the rust. So, yeah, it's always the same stuff that I play. So you've got, like, 20 years then? Yeah. Wow. How many shows have you, or, like, or just shows? Oh, hang on, let me think. I did one compilation, two compilation... I think I've done about three compilation shows. And I've done... See, I've done more solo shows than I've done Edinburgh, because I've done a mm. couple that I haven't taken to Edinburgh. Yeah. Now, I've done about three that I haven't taken to Edinburgh. And Edinburgh, I've done... I did an accent show in 2010. I did Photo Booth in 2011... Then I did Fuckwit Club in 2016, and I nearly went this year, but I didn't quite, wasn't quite prepared enough, and didn't get the venue I wanted. So I'm going to do a show about swearing next year called Potty Mouth. Right, cool. Because I always get told off for swearing, and I think I might as well just play to my strengths. Mm, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> how many is that then? How many, how many shows have you done? Solo shows. I've probably written about four, dating. I've written about five solo shows. Yeah. Themed um, ones. Yeah, what's the theme one? What are the themes for each of those? Well, I did a dating show called 21st Century Fox, then I did a show about accents called The Glottal Stops Here. 
I'm very proud of that title. Yeah, yeah. And I did loads of research for that, and I sort of spoke to like professors of English and linguists and all this kind of stuff. One linguist at the UC, I went, "Oh, I think I might nick that title." I went, "Don't you dare nick my right. title!" <laughs> and then I did one about my obsession with um, passport photographs called Photo Booth which is more kind of anecdotal about, you know, mad stuff that's happened to me and all that. I accidentally started a riot on a council estate in Holloway once. And then the last one that I did up there was called Fuckwit Club. Now, Fuckwit Club is a thing that I invented a few years ago with my friends that live round here in Walthamstow. And we would spend all day Sunday drinking, and they've all got work in the morning, mm-hmm. and it consists of, like, a BBC radio engineer, a cancer research scientist, a TV director... Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they'd all be absolutely hanging on a Monday morning. Mm. And the first rule of Fuckwit Club is you don't know why you're in Fuckwit Club. Mm. So what we do, actually where I run my gig, that's Fuckwit Club headquarters. Mm-hmm. So what you do each week, you nominate who's Fuckwit of the week. So you each throw into the pot the stupid things that you've done that week. Yeah. And it's really good to know that everyone else who's quite bright is also doing really fucking stupid things yeah. as well. Right. And then whoever wins Fuckwit of the week drinks out of the tankard. Yeah. Now I had the tankard engraved and it was hashtag... F-W-O-T-W. But the fucking idiots that, <laughs> that engraved it, they put the hashtag in the wrong place. Oh. And I thought, well, that's just perfect, isn't it? Makes <laughs> all sense. And when I was... T- I was and they were like... And when it, was, uh, it was at Timson's in the mall in Walthamstown. And they were, they were going, well, what does this mean? And I went, well, it means fuck it of the week. And they were like, what? So I explained fuck it club to them. And they went, oh, yeah, we should have one of them. Yeah. And I think there should be fuck it clubs all over totally, the world. Totally. Yeah, that's it. I think that's a great idea. I think that's brilliant. That's so much fun. That's <laughs> it. Just go celebrating your failures of the week. You know, that's great. Because oh. I was going to call the show Eyes Down for a full Murray. And then I thought... Actually, fuck with clubs better because it was quite good to fly oh. with because you'd get people going, oh no, like because they mm-hmm. don't like swearing. Well, the show's not for you anyway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you, you could it enabled me to walk up to like a table full of people all having to go and say, right then, which one of you is the fuck with on this table? And they always nominate someone. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Because people yeah. love being horrible to their mates, don't yeah. they? Of course, they all all up to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what's the, what's the tank? What's in the tanker though? Is it just like the? No, you the just notes? have you have to drink out of the tanker. What's that in it? Night. What's in it? Oh, nothing, just whatever booze you decide to put oh, in right, there. Oh, right, so just any evilness that you want to put in there to destroy Yeah, the or, like, you know, pr- drinking Prosecco out of a tankard is a unique experience. Oh, OK, fine. I thought it was just something like... I thought it was something hideous, like a dirty pint or something like that, you know, it's like something really evil. Oh, no, we're just stupid. We're not evil. OK, that's fine. <laughs> but a couple of my favourites were um, when the cancer research scientist... She does the door for my gig, actually. She's yeah. a mate of mine. She was once holding a poo bag and some letters, uh-huh. and she posted the poo bag and she put the letters oh, in, the, no. in the dog thing by mistake. Oh, no. And then the the radio engineer, who does the sound for my gig, actually, oh. he threw his mobile phone out oh. and he found it in his recycling bin by using his Where Is My Phone on his iPad. <laughs> He'd gone in the recycling. Yeah. Fold on that, walking past the, like a river or something, like just you have your wallet and your phone in your hand, just don't, don't throw it. That yeah, paranoia. Yeah, don't, yeah. Just, you just want to throw Why it. Why are you compelled to throw it? Just want to feel what it's like to lose everything. <laughs> everything in my life. That's what it is. Just let it go. Just throw it in the water. No, don't do it. It's like, it will, it'll feel bad. It'll feel bad. No, but I want to feel something today. That's what it's like. <laughs> yeah, it's so dead inside. You know? Just go home and self-harm instead. Yeah, that's, that's it's true. cheaper that's than true. replacing a phone. That's very true. And yeah, I'll heal, but phones don't heal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're not doing it this year and you've been supporting Deliso. And so what else are you doing? What's in, else in the pipeline? Running a comedy festival on mm. my own. So I've got all previews on at my gig at yeah. Red Imp Comedy Club, which is in Walthamstow, and it starts in a couple of weeks. And I've got, I've got like nineteen shows on. Wow. That's a lot of tickets to shift. Yeah. So it takes up so much because obviously you promote a gig, but mm. it takes up 
so much fucking time. Mm. Like, even just, like, doing the listings, doing the booking, dealing with agents, getting the print done, getting the design, you know, flyering, mm-hmm. postering. Yeah. It takes up most... At the moment, it's taken up most, because, you know, it starts in a couple of weeks, but then it'll be over for, like, a month or so, and I won't mm. start again until September. Yeah. So can I can I go who I've got on? <laughs> yeah, go, of course you can. I've got Reg D. Hunter. He's sold out. Oh. Uh, Simon Evans, Joe Caulfield, Simon Munnery, Louis Porter, Paul Foote, Al Cottenden, Jaron Christmas, Andrew Maxwell, Abandaman, Gordon Southern, Aisha Hazarika... Lisa Chaponda, obviously. Mm. Robin Inns, Tom Stage, Sean Walsh, Marcus Brigstock. And just there's just tons and tons on. So I hope the people of Waltham are grateful for it. Yeah. Because I've just been caned by the GDPR mainly yeah. this mm-hmm. bullshit. I know, right? That's, that's ruining people's small businesses, isn't it, really? Yeah. Like, just like, what, how are you supposed to promote anything? Yeah, but like, if they don't respond, you delete them from your mailing list, right? You have to, they have to delete them, is that right? Uh, no, they, they unsubscribe on their own. Okay, so they unsubscribe or, or stay on, but if they don't message you back then, it, does, it means that they have, they, you can still send them emails, right? I don't think you can. No, you have to have an opt-in. Okay. But this, it's, it's really, really complicated. There's been such a massive grey area. And if it's seen as legitimate business interest, you can keep them on. Yeah. Do you know what? I've read up loads on it, and I still don't know really mm. what the answer is and I've had people messaging me various different yeah. viewpoints is anyone really going to grass up a small comedy club that's what I think it's X is it 4% of your turnover so that'll be mm. that'll be a Twix for me they'll mm. chuck <laughs> they'll mm. find me a Twix yeah but just another way to kind of monitor how many customers you have from a small sole trader or like you know a, or or a small business sort of thing isn't it like, okay this is how many people I, I you know I, I promote to this how many people are buying into whatever it is, whatever it is that I sell because if you're like self-employed you're just sort of like an enigma really in the tax system right you're really mm. this is just another so, okay, this is to, to kind of pigeonhole you put you in a place to go okay that's how many people are you getting this is how much we should tax you but in actual fact it doesn't really work that way anyway so it's just gonna find it's just another piece of admin they just fucking shackled there themselves too isn't it really? yeah I mean there is a point you know there's two ways of looking at it. You go, mm. okay, well, I reckon that MailChimp, which is what most people use, mm. they're going to be making people redundant, man, because, mm. you know, I pay I pay £50 a month in, in fees, but that's going to drop down because it's, it's it's stepped up, you know, like yeah. 100 people, it's only this amount, and then more than 100, it's that amount. Da, da, da. Right. So, yeah, it's going to decimate their business. But, I mean, I suppose it means you've got a non-flabby list because mm. the people who are on it really want to be on it. So, and there might be, you know, because I, I had a couple of lists years ago. I had, like, my gig list on Yahoo!, then I have my contacts list on Yahoo, you know, my personal and my... And Yahoo merged them. So I've got quite a messy list. So mm-hmm. I've had to send out mine because I just mm-hmm. think, oh, well... Mm-hmm. But that's just what you need when you're about to start, you know, promoting a comedy festival. Yeah, true, true. Just two weeks before it. Yes, yeah, totally. Awesome, come on. That's all about timing, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's really about timing. That's it. Oh, yeah, look on the bright side. Oh. Yeah, where's <laughs> that then? Oh. Yeah. You trained under Dave Thompson, right? Tinky Winky. Mm-hmm. So that was 20 years ago, right? Where was the course? Was it in Birmingham or...? No, it was at Jackson's Lane Community Centre. I've been in L- London for 30 years. Right, right. Jackson's Lane Community Centre. That course had been running for a long time. People that did that course were people like Hattie Hayridge, Eddie Izzard, Jeff Green. I don't think it runs anymore. Cause, so he taught me for a couple of weeks and then Rob Hitchmo took over. He doesn't do stand-up anymore, but he teaches at City Lit. And when he can't teach, I deputise for him. Mm. So I'm the stand-in stand-up teacher cool. at City Lit. Mm. And I really enjoy it actually because mm. I'm quite, I'm really harsh compared to Rob. Rob's really like he's a really nice bloke, yeah. and I once went in and I think they were doing character that week. Mm. When they find out it's not Rob, only half of them come in, so it's actually hard because you've got more space to fill mm. for the mm-hmm. lesson. Yeah, and I was like, 
why is that a character? And I was like, you know, mm. I, I wasn't here the last week, but I reckon that's exactly what you do every week. Yeah. You haven't even worn a coat. You haven't got a hat. Mm. You haven't got a newspaper under on. You haven't put a different accent on. Mm, mm. But they really like it. Yeah, yeah, oh, and I'm really harsh with yeah, them. that's really it. Fun. Destroy me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what yeah. it's really like. Yeah, Build it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm going to mm. recalibrate your, your soul. You won't mm. like it at the time, but you'll be grateful. So you do the improv as well, do you? Uh, no, no, I don't no. do improv. I've tried a couple of improv and it's not really for me. Right. So I don't really fit in with those people. I do know what you mean, yeah, for sure. You got, you, I did a, a couple of level one and two for uh, an improv um, company, and I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. It got rid of the fear for me uh, of like you know just being up there and having nothing. Mm. You know, it's got okay, that's fine. You're just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is fine now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm totally happy to be comfortable up on stage. And but the thing was, there was a sort of a you get the vibe. You know, you're like, oh, I'm trying something, and you're like, oh, it's all collaborative some you know you you know when you're not fitting in that group yeah and it's like it's not everything you do they shut you down and everything they do you're just you're trying to help but they're like they're still shutting you down even though you're trying to help <laughs> and you're kind of like no this is i don't know what it is i don't know what i've done but they're just not quite you know, you know it is we're too mm. working class to do it probably. right right yeah, yeah. really are just way way too That's working it. class i haven't had the uh the drama or the, the the school that had the drama kind of like you know route you can go through oh you're really good this bull can't you know come Ooh. over here and do the singing and everything do you know they're, they're all, do you know what? they're all they're all really lovely Mm-mm. But you know they're not going to be, you know, furtively locked in a toilet at two o'clock in the morning at a party. They, they're those, yeah. t- you know, they're, yeah. they're quite bookish, aren't they? They're yeah, just, yeah. They're not rock and rollers like we are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, they, you know, yeah, they are true. lovely. Yeah, that's true. You know, they've got different strengths, isn't it? They, they've got the, the power of, uh, um, you know, material wealth. That's all they have. But the thing is, whenever you watch some improv, you just, I'll just write a fucking joke, yeah, will totally, you? Yeah, yeah. Saying that, you know, when I watch Noise Next Door, they are brilliant. I mean, oh. the first time I saw them was down in Brighton. I was living in Brighton at this point. And they said, oh, blah, 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 improv group. And I just rolled my eyes to the heavens. And then they blew me away. Mm-hmm. Do you know when they were... And they're lovely, lovely guys. And I did a gig with Tim Houghton. You know, that driver did to Hull. This gig, they were so northern yeah. and working class. And they just hated him because he was posh. Right. They really, really... Mm. And yet, because he's got that improv background, mm. he went into the audience and improv a few really, really funny bits. And mm. they reluctantly liked him. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he was literally... Because dr- it was undeniably hilarious what mm. he came up with. And he kind of dragged it out of them, and I just thought, fair play to you, yeah. mate. Do you know what I mean? They were really hard for him because he was posh. And I just thought, oh, you inverted snobs. But they weren't there. They, they weren't the brightest of audiences. It was really interesting because I've never worked with Tom on a solo basis before. It's, yeah. It was really interesting to watch. Yeah. I really felt for him. But he did, you know, he fought his corner and he did all right, man. Yeah. What gig was that in Hull? Is it Calmy Lounge? Yeah. That, that cash converter is open a bit late. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. And I was like, I drove up there, so I drove up there on my own, and uh, I was like, uh, all right, so uh, I, who went on first? Um, Freddie, not Freddie, it's not Freddie Quinn, Freddie Farrell. Freddie Farrell. I always got those, those tattoos. I always got those confused. I know, I know, he gets it all the time. It's so times. easy to see, he's done, isn't it? <laughs> Both big lads. Well, big, yeah, big lads beard and like, tattoos and stuff. And like, Someone's Freddie... going to have to change their name to Fred or Frederick, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> uh, or just F, Farrell. Yeah. yeah. So he went on first. They liked, they liked him uh, and like he, he did all right. And uh, you had Danny... Um, Deegan. Oh, uh, is it Danny Deegan? Yeah, the curly kind of black hair, black curly hair. Is he a tall, skinny northern lad? Uh, that's right, him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was, he was on. Yeah, Dan Deegan, he was, he was emceeing, and he, they were loving him, and then, uh, um, who was in the middle? Oh, I was in the middle. And uh, so, and fuck it, they didn't like me. I got heckled for straight away. Cause, oh. cause, but I didn't get a, even get a word out, and they started heckling me. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. And so, uh, I didn't put him down. I was like, I just want to get through my 20 minute set. I'm going to do 20 minute set. So I was like, okay. I said three minutes, getting a lukewarm response. And I was oh. going, and in the end, I was like, 
no, you know, just like, I was like, no, fuck this. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so let the rage boil up inside. I was like, no, do you know what? Fuck it. And then just slammed the fucking mic stand down. And I was like, you know what? I've driven four fucking hours to get here. <laughs> and it just and it started being the just the, the insult comic that they wanted because I'm not from there, you know? Uh, and they're like, because yeah, yeah. they recognize that I want totally not not of hull you know I mean it's not hard not to be of hull really is it you know but no. but like I saw I was like then, well you're obviously still like working class like they are yeah I know but they were, they were like no you're not you're not even from here and like, uh, a woman said to me even if you're from like that area they'll be like no uh, oh, how parochial! Big time, and so like, and so I was like, I slammed down anyway, and then I started fucking insulting the shit out of all of them, and I was like, and then, and then, and they were like, yeah, we love you now. <laughs> <laughs> like, they were like, yeah, I got, I got round of applause. I like, didn't expect to fucking have that, did I? And I kept going. And I was like, right, and then, and then after every round of applause, I was like, oh, another one. Fuck, here we go. <laughs> Amazing! You turned it around. I know. And then after like the fourth round of applause, I was like, "Yeah, four round of applause!" I was like, "Fuck you guys!" And then and then so I did my like when I had them at the end, I was like, I did my last joke, and I was like, "Yeah." So uh, so yeah, then and, and then like just was like fucking having fun because they're such pricks to me at the top, you know. I was like, mm. I wasn't even because I was just being nice. I was being too nice, you know. And I was like, oh fuck them, right? You know, I thought I'd be nice and do my set and have fun and like no. And then I saw I had four rounds of applause, and then I saw fucking uh, um, Jonathan Mayer. Oh yeah, I fucking one just de- decimate the room altogether. Like just destroyed them. Like just was horrible to them for five minutes. And then going yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was. Just, it was just really. Uh, that's that's the room. That is. The I room. Went, I quite like. To, I mean, because I the gig got better as the night went on. It was mm, one of mm. those ones, and because I got there when um, uh, the MC was real. I mean, he was coming up with some really really good stuff, and he was mm. really he was really struggling. And they were just they were just dicks for the yeah. first section, and I, I don't know. understand why. And then they kind of got better. There was a table that kept talking, and the owner kept going on and warning mm. them, kept warning them, kept warning them, and they just wouldn't fucking. Sh- and he never threw them out, yeah, yeah. but they wouldn't shut up all night. Oh. And I'd quite like to go back to see. Uh, some maybe it was just an off night, and maybe that club is just like that. I yeah. don't know. Maybe they're just a bit yeah. odds. They just it just feels that you know it just feels so combative that that room. You're like, okay, just gotta go in there and just See, destroy. Not, I haven't seen a gig like, ever since Jonglers shut down. I haven't oh. seen a gig like that for ages. Oh. Oh. So I was like, oh my god, this is like doing a Jonglers. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna get my A game on. <laughs> fucking hell. But yeah, lock and load and just go in and just be fucking. Just, yeah, why did you and a four hour drive. Yeah, I think totally. it was actually. You know, I think it was more like five and a half getting oh. there. It was just Fuck. that Friday. Oh, no. and then you get there and they're just being dicks to your mates, and you're That's like. Sweet. Why are you being dicks to my mates? Yeah. And, but as long as I have a good gig, that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I mean, I was like, I said to them, because I, I don't, I mean, I, like, I don't know, it's like, not that I've worked on myself or anything, but I used to be really fucking angry, like, you know, real angry person, and that anger used to just come from anything. And so, so now I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I've come dealt with that now. I'm quite happy. I like to put it, present a, a, a warm, you know, not false persona to this, to this sort of world, but, you know, just kind of, I feel happy now, you know yeah. what I mean? And so I was like, uh, and it says, okay, guys, and I was like, I showed them my phone and stand down. I was like, oh, you know, I'm trying to be happy, but you've made me this. You Now you've seen who I really am. You've given me too. Totally. <laughs> well, that like, therapy just fell away. <laughs> exactly. Look, guys, you know, that's it. And that, yeah, that was it. Yeah. I'm trying to find my happy place. Can't find it today, but you got this guy. <laughs> you know, so well, as long as it worked for you, yeah, that's totally. all that matters, that's isn't it, it, really? And the guy that came up to me after the game was like, uh, he said, oh, Winter, I think you should... Uh, I think you should just like you know be that angry person all the time. It's like no, oh, no, no, that doesn't work. It doesn't. You know, it's just destructive. But um, but yeah. So uh, oh fuck it. Yeah, that was a top. But we drove to that uh, gig in in Newquay, didn't we? Uh, yeah, five, it was Newquay, wasn't fucking it? Oh, five, was it? It wasn't really a gig, was it? Does that gig still run? Uh, they it did run one more time, and then the guy that ran the the one after that did a legger with the money. Uh, legged it. it just yeah what do you mean did a runner with the money or something like that something just didn't uh, didn't pay uh, just he closed his business and disappeared 
Oh, you mean the bar? The, the, no, the not the bar, but the, the yeah, the bar, the the guy that paid because he we got paid through another person, didn't we? We got paid through like a sort of entertainment company, and the guy that ran the entertainment company. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just kind of did a legger or something. But fuck it, there was a B and B after we did that first one, and it was like fuck. Right. Well, I'm, I mean, who, drive five hours and five hours back, ten hour on a trip. Yeah, yeah. Winter is crazy enough to do that. I'll do that. No problem. Yeah. Fuck. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. Who were we on time. with? Uh, we were on with uh, Connor Drum. Yeah. And uh, we had uh, a couple, uh, uh, couple of guys in the middle. I fucking forgotten the names of them. But they made their own way there, didn't we? Yeah, they, they did. The three of us went down in the car. That's right. Yeah, that was yeah. a proper road trip, wasn't it? Big time, big time. Yeah. And the fact oh. that the gig was just oh, tougher. How would you describe that gig to our listeners? How would you really right. explain? Like, okay, a Dorito-sized stage in the, in like f- about a hundred yards from where the audience is. It's like a shop. Know? It's like doing a gig in 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 a shopping centre yeah. on on a skateboard in a shopping centre. Yeah. It was just pissing in the wind. But it kind of worked, actually, because, I mean, you worked your ass. <laughs> Bless you. You, took, you, you really took one for the team that night. Yeah. You know, and people just think that you can stick stand-up anywhere. They have yeah. they put no thought into it. When I've started, my stock answer to people now is that comedy is like a delicate flower. Yeah. Yeah. You can't shove it anywhere. If you, It has to thrive. It can only thrive in certain conditions, otherwise it'll die. Like an orchid. There Absolutely like We've an orchid. It. Like an orchid. That's going to go on Instagram. It's like a blue orchid. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I've been asked to do various gigs and I go, and it's like little corporates or something. Mm. I go, okay, what's the venue? What else have you got on? What's the running order? And I've messaged back and gone, you don't want stand-up at half 11 at night. You say it'll be 11, it'll be more like midnight because everything runs over. Mm. By midnight, everyone will be absolutely slaughtered. Yeah. And having stand-up when no one really wants it, will be mortifying for everybody mm. concerned mm. and it won't work. What you want at that time is music. Yeah. And the guy came back to me an hour later and went, do you know what, looking at this, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, I did myself out of a gig, but who cares? If you, you know, the That's pain it. of that I kind know. of thing. And sometimes you just have to go, right, how much do I need the money? Mm. <laughs> Versus how, how, how much is it going to hurt me yeah. doing this gig? How much of my soul will I lose from this, you know? Exactly. Well, I've only got a little bit left. I've got the tiniest, <laughs> tiniest I've got really protective of my soul. <laughs> yeah. And someone the other day wanted to do, oh, it was a, a, someone local to him messaged me, said, oh, mm. I want to do a festival and we want to have stand-up workshops and stand-up performance. And what we want to do, we want to get some local comedians. Do you know who the local comedians are? Yeah, I know all the local comedians. And we want to, pair you up with one other person and have you do stand-up in their home. No! (laughs) And I I, I had to kind of be gentle and go, look, I don't want to piss on your bonfire, but these are the reasons why this won't work. And you will not, I can guarantee, you won't get anyone that will agree to this. You won't get a single comic that will do this. I actually ran it past Maureen Younger and Jerry Kane. They went, oh, count me out. I'm not fucking doing that. Yeah. I'll do it for £2,000, but I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. And then and he was like, oh, I still want to meet up and see if it'll be viable. And I went, okay, imagine, because he was a theatre director. Mm. I said, imagine if somebody asks your theatre company to perform Shakespeare on the back of a flatbed truck on the M6 at 80 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and then he came back. Yeah, uh, I don't think I can make that. I mean, we're not going to do the comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as that, as you say. If you start at like eleven o'clock, it was that gig. It was eleven o'clock. It starts out right. Mm. It's never going to work. It's too late. But it's like you, even at well, not when you've been on after a raffle and, yeah. a, a, and a choir yeah. and speeches and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. No, if you're going to have it, have it on first. Yeah, 
Yeah, you totally. Know? So they're fresh, you know, they're, they're awake yeah. at least. They've got to think, isn't it? Yeah. But what do you do when you, is that all you do now? Is it absorb everything else in your life? And take, like, like I a, do that and I run a gig and, and that takes nearly every single second. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I've been doing like, for the last week, I've been doing like 17 hour days because I've been working all day doing yeah. promotion stuff and, you know, going on radios and, you know, doing PR stuff and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm gigging in the evening and it's, you know, this week I've done three unpaid gigs. I've done two new material nights, and tonight I'm doing a benefit. Yeah. Tomorrow I'll be doing new material again, mm. and then I've got two paid gigs. You know, that's literally every second of my yeah, day yes. taken care of. Really, <laughs> <laughs> haven't even made it to yoga. Oh, just get yoga and down dog. Yeah, so that's uh, so you do yoga when you can finally get to it, right? If I can get, yeah. I mean, I, I tried to go there today, and the traffic was so bad I had to turn back. Oh man. That's and then it. I did some. I went and did put, took, took some flyers around the local area instead. So how do you promote your gig then? Uh, luckily, I'm, I'm I locked out with my gig because the guy that has the venue does all the promotion. No uh, way. I'm such a, I'm such a, and you get a full full crowd every week. Uh, we get we have had a full crowd up until the last two months, but because of the, the good weather, about maybe twenty five in. It's only thirty three seater room. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's like so. Last last couple of days we had were was it two. Uh, about five short of like a full house. That's so, pretty good. So, yeah, what, we're thinking of doing the same thing as what what you got. You know, doing uh, like top acts in previews and trying to get them down because it's only Tuesday night. You know what I mean? Yeah. So trying to get the draw in, like that's it. And but, people, you know, people are desperate for previews, and they'll yeah, do. Yeah. You know, everyone wants stage time. That's it. That's it. So we're so hopefully they're doing that next next year. But like you know, I'm lucky. I don't have to do any promotion. Let's go I do the posters. I do the like the uh, you know getting the acts, and then uh, and he does all the promotion. He goes what? Well, got these people on. Here it is, you know, so it's oh, not God, as bad. It's, so it's way nice. better. So what well, what else do you do apart from... Because how many times a week are you gigging before? Uh, I'm gigging about four or five times a week. That's and, pretty good. Yeah, so just... But, I'm trying to, but most of my stuff is from emceeing. And so, you know, because I went full-time two years ago and just surviving. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's... Uh, Takes a while to build it yeah. up. That's it. But you're just trying to get people to trust me, you know, because uh, after the horrendous gigs I did at the start, you know, that's, uh, you're just like, oh, God, I'm, no, guys, I'm going better. I'm always jealous. I mean, you should have said in Ireland and done that, but mm. I'm always really jealous of acts that come over from Australia and they're already fully formed. And yeah. Like, oh, he's brilliant. And you go, he was probably shit for 10 years. Exactly. That that's really it. annoys me. Yeah, yeah. I did my first hour last, well, first 45 last year was a narrative show. Oh, I'm not doing a narrative it was a show. A narrative show about me. A narrative show. Oh, and I can't do that anymore. And it was just like, it was fucking horrible. <laughs> it was just like, I mean, it worked. Did but you like, talk about getting rid of your anger? That, ta-da. <laughs> What was it no called? Like, <laughs> so it was like, man, of course you did. Uh, and like, yeah, and it was called uh, a side effect. Oh, that's good. Yeah, did it in the, the marquee. Because you know, it, it was in the yard, it'd been amazing. So it felt like a fringe show. But it was in the marquee in uh, the Free Sisters, you know, the, the tent. From, oh, the noise bleed. Yeah, and the noise bleed one day, that was a tough show. That's a, that's a busy, that's a busy beer garden. But yeah. you've just got thousands of voices and yeah. you know tents aren't soundproof no, are they no they're not and uh, also not bombproof when uh, the, the audience found out when a walkie talkie went off during the show about five times like <gasps> all the terrorist uh, all the terrorist sort of like you know measures were in and therefore that's in the back of people's minds so as soon as the walkie talkie goes off and the security measure goes <gasps> what's that for everyone panics everyone freaked the fuck out man I was like oh and that's they're really on edge like you know because oh, wow. you've got all the, ba- the bollards at the top of the Royal Mile haven't you like mm. people vans driving through yeah, like yeah. oh my god something's kicked off you know so that happened three four times and that was a tough gig and the other uh, the other time I had a reviewer in and uh, it was uh, and it was going great and the morning of when I was flowering I was like that's a big like 80 barrels in the uh, in the courtyard you know and I was like oh fucking hell and then and then so I got into a, 
a casino viewers enjoy yourself. I knew my luckily I knew my shit down. I was like, I fucking know this show, it's fine, and I could go at it, tank at it, you know, fucking mm. keep them on board, and then uh, drown out the music and everything. But then next thing, the fuck all the beer barrels, Kong, 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 oh, like this. My, so I was getting oh. gonged off every five seconds. So I was like, <laughs> fuck. So I was like, great. So I wasn't happy. Like Coopers. I, I, no, that's it. I mean, you know, that we, so it was one of those things. But like uh, three stars, red like a four. <laughs> so, oh, but it was my. it was fine. But uh, but it was just one of those things. Um, you know, but I did the narrative got out of the way, and like I, I don't have to pick that scab anymore. Uh, of like of like, oh no, this is like me, and then at the end. But it had a really nice. I love the. Uh, I really enjoyed the the arc of it, and there's so many references in it. You know, like ancient references. You know, to Alien, and because I like, and then loads of bits at the top, and like just I loved. I really enjoyed the the people who got it got it. You know, and people yeah. that weren't weren't on board. Go, oh, you don't really have much of a problem. But I know, but it's inside. <laughs> you know, I, I, had, I had a Megadeth reference in one of my shows. Oh, and yeah. One of my old mates from the nineties when we used to party a mm. lot. She howled at that. I was like, yeah, she gets it. She gets it. Yes. It's really nice when people get those like really slightly niche references. Mm-hmm. It, in even it only happens like once every so often. It's yeah. worth leaving it in, isn't it? Totally, my people. You're, yeah, on, you're, yeah. you're on, or my person. My or tribe. My, <laughs> totally, that's it. Go to my next show, and I have one one person came and said, "Oh, I really loved all your references. I mean, you loved all of them. Oh my god, you're amazing." So that's why I always yeah. like watching um Will Will. What's his name? The guy from Chelmsford. Will. He really likes My Little Pony. Anyway, he yeah. always... And he's quite young. He's a lot younger than me. Yeah. But his references are kind of my age group, which mm. is really bizarre. Mm. I remember just watching going, you've got too many references for the audience to understand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I get every single bit of it yeah. and I loved it. Yeah. The reference thing, it's like, I was like, okay, I'm going to try and ditch all the references now. I'm going to first start this and say, you know the most important thing is? Be yourself. That's the worst advice yeah. ever for comedy. Be yourself. <laughs> no one wants to see that dark part of your soul go oh guys and you go too far and you go this is me no you ever find that joke <laughs> you ever say that ever, ever say that to you be yourself no uh, no no definitely no, don't be yourself don't. You, honestly I don't want people to know the real me no, Jesus God, fuck no. off shit they don't, don't have to be really judged be vulnerable no I don't want them to see no, that person no 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 I won't even wear a dress on stage no. that's how vulnerable I don't want to be <laughs> what's the worst bit of advice that anyone's ever given you in life or in stand up well it could be both go for it go for either just go with life first no one's ever really given me really good advice. No. So my cousin, who's younger than me, said to me, if you're not sure what to do, don't do anything. When I was having a bit of a crisis of mm. like, what am I going to do in my life? Should yeah. I carry on doing stand-up or not? I don't know what to do. And I spent three months in America because mm. I've got cousins over there. And she said that to me and she was kind of right, really. I remember once hearing my dad say to my brother, be nice to everybody, trust no one. Mm. <laughs> Which is really cynical. Which is quite... What's the best bit of advice anyone's ever given you? I think the best bit of advice anyone's ever given me, I think slow down, just relax, take a breath. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That is great advice. Mm. And we're, I, uh, I'm i very much of that school. Mm. Oh, I'm scared I'm going to spin up. Yeah. It'll make it better. <laughs> and it does the exact opposite. Full, full energy at it. I'm just going to go drive through it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's the same. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, relax. Mm. Relax into it. Mm. Enjoy it. Mm. But, you know, when you're shitting yourself at a gig, you can't enjoy it, really. You yeah. just have to get through the fucking thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. If I dump enough energy on this, it should be fine. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that was one. Uh, so how long have you been going, then? About about seven seven years now. Oh, right, you said yeah, baby, yeah. really. And what were you doing before right. this? Uh, I was doing... Uh, I was working TV. Back doing... in TV stuff. Oh, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, like, sort of transmission. 
Well, you told me this at yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very nosy. Totally no, sorry, you can interview me as well. It's fine. No, <laughs> no, because I, I used to work in TV, so oh, yeah. I kind of... I used what? to be. I was a uh, production assistant. I was a camera oh. assistant. Oh, nice. The good, yeah. the good, the fun things. The production. Do you know what? I, I really, really enjoyed being part of a crew. Yeah. Um, I used to work in animation. I worked on Crapston Village. You probably won't remember this. No. It was mid-90s, and it was called... It was on Channel 4. Yeah. Uh, adult anima- animated sitcom. And I actually... Right. I kind of started stand-up because of that, because the girl who wrote it, her sister had done a course with Hattie Hayridge and was friends with her. Yeah. Hattie Hayridge had done this stand-up course at Jackson's Land, and that's how I found out about the course. Yeah. Literally, two months ago, they did an animation little celebration of women in animation at the mm. BFI. Sarah, the director, tagged me in. The cameraman turned up, the cameraman I used to assist. Mm. Hattie Hayward was there. Her sister was there. So basically, my route into stand-up was we're all in one one place at right. one time. And it's like, this is because of these women. <laughs> That's how I started stand-up. So it's just yeah. like this weird like little connection thing. Oh, nice. So how long would you do that for? Uh, it was like a seven-week course, and it was just two hours a week. Yeah. Daryl Martin did it, and Paul Foote was there the first week, but he didn't come back because he was already gigging at that point. Right, right. I mean, as in, like, how did you do? How long did you do the uh, animation? Uh, and, like, oh, the animation. I did anima- I worked in animation for about four years, maybe, oh, yeah. in total, because I started off as a runner at an animation company, and then yeah. I did Craps and Villas, and that was like a year, and then I did a bit, a bit of filling, then I did a couple of like yeah. freelance things, and then I'd, I'd already sort of started stand up at the end of Craps yeah. and Villas anyway, it's, so then I was just started tough, doing that. It? It's tough though. I mean, like, especially in the free. I mean, I did like. Uh, I did the same like the amount of work experience I had to do to get that fucking transmission job. I swear to God, I, I had oh, to do, really. I'd like I had had about. About what I wonder about about six work experience placements, and I never got like the call back. I was like, and but towards but the, the sixth one, I'm like, oh fuck you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking give me a job. <laughs> so did you do a media studies degree? Uh, I did. Um, I did. Yeah, I did degree in. Uh, I did my degree in Wolverhampton. You University. went to Wolverhampton Uni. That's yeah. where I'm from. Uh, yeah, yeah. So did you live in Whitmarines? I, I live in uh, I live in Whit- lived in Whitmarines, and I lived in uh, you know uh, as the you know where the the uh, Randall Lines are staying in the, the halls of residence. You know Randall Lines. Opposite the Molyneux. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There, yeah, I, yeah. I stayed there for like three years, and then uh, I lived You're in Whitmarines Residence for three years. Yeah, for three you years. Baby, so I, no, no, but like <laughs> I lived with my uh, girlfriend at the time. Then at Whitmarines. And then, what road were you on in Whitmarines? Oh, because um, I lived on Bright. Because I went after my first year in London, I went back to Wolverhampton, but I didn't stay live with my parents. I went and lived with a friend in Whitmarines for three yeah. months on um, Bright Street. Um, you know, okay. Um, where's the? There's a. There's a. Okay, right. This is not going to narrow it down at all. You know, when you go um, into Whitmarines, right, and you go around well, that New corner, go past the, the chip shop around the corner. You know what I mean? There's like a chip shop on when Dun- you go. Is it Dunstan Lane? Yeah, Dunstan Lane. You go down Dunstan Lane, and you and you, you know, there's like all those real new brick before you hit the high rise. You go take a right, and you go round that other oh, corner. God, you know, I can't remember. It's just it's it's right near the near the pub, near the running near the pub. Right. Okay. Uh, there's a pub right in the centre of Whitmarines. You know that there's a. Oh, what was that pub called? But yeah, it was. Um, but I was just there. I was just there. Stay there. See, for when like I was doing my A levels, I had friends that lived in a shared house around Whitmarines. So because yeah. I didn't want to be at home, yeah, of course. so I would just you know. Just nip. I had a little Fiat one two six car that used to run yeah. on fumes, and I just nipped to their house. Yeah, and I spent yes. a lot of time just knocking around in Whitmarines, yeah. and that's why after my first year at uni in London, I went back to Wolverhampton, and I just mm. stayed in Whitmarines. I didn't go back to my parents' house because yeah, yeah. I just uh, didn't want to be at home. I lived in uh, I lived in uh, Wolverhampton for about seven years. Uh, you yeah. never did. Yeah, I did yeah yeah. Uh, oh my uh, god! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, that's um, hilarious. So, did you go to the lighthouse? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. My yeah. best mate, my oldest best mate oh. from like 
We've been best mates for 42 years. That's how long we've known each other. Right. She runs that place. Holy shit, yeah, yeah. She's the CEO. What's her name? Kelly Jeffs. Because a friend, because my friends of mine who were like doing the course, the the media course with me, they, they were, did training courses at Lighthouse. That's right, as well, they did. They, they yeah. did a guy called Steve Emerson and Ollie Carmody, uh, Matt Matt Sullivan. All these boys did like training stuff in there, and there was like a, a production company called Ballistic Productions. Okay. They were like a big Indian music video production house, you know. Wow. And they did all that stuff with them. It's like I was like, ah, oh. and so, but I say d- during this time I got all this work experience shit. I couldn't get get anything right, and I was so I got stuck in Wolverhampton for a few years. And I worked for um, the university in the gym place downstairs, you know. And I said, managed to get that. So I looks, I love that. That looks a fucking easy job. I want that job because I had that because <laughs> they got the weekends, and then uh, like I'd worked in the. Um, do you remember Decadence? Gym or is that a bar? It's a bar on the corner. Yeah, yeah. Of, of did it keep changing its name? Yeah, it did. It's one of those it places, did. isn't it? It was like because it was like oh, okay, we'll we'll try this this one, uh, and then all like every, all. So what year? Were you, what year you in Wolverhampton? I was in Wolverhampton from two thousand to uh, about two thousand seven or so. Or right. Okay. Yeah. So um, you so, know what? I I, yeah. I like Wolverhampton. It's yeah. a good sized town. Yeah. It's easy to know because I you know moved to about Wolverhampton. Anyone who looked a bit odd, I would know. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, know, you just get to know all these people. You got to take nightclubs, mm. and you know, and it was just, it was such, such a good fun. Yeah. Like just knocking around. Did there. you go to the city bar then? You know, the city bar. On... I don't think it was there when I was oh. knocking around there. But yeah, we used to go and drink in and Chapel Ash. Chapel Ash. The Combermere. That was kind of, and the Alex were kind of mm. they're slightly out of town. Yeah, just down, towards, down the hill. Towards te- you know the Techno Road. There's a shell garage on the Techno Road that I used to work at. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when anyone you know, we had a mate who used to run a club in the Connaught Hotel in the in the basement in Sen- call it Sensateria. You know, it was just a really it was just really fun when I was a teenager because mm. I knew all the the older cooler Wolverhampton punks they were a bit yeah. older than me I used to lie and say I was saying at my friend's house because they would have married couples that was alright to stay at theirs but actually I was off at, off at yeah. some bloke's house yeah, yeah. <laughs> well I didn't know you were in Wolverhampton yeah, for seven years so I, which bitch which, which did you like most about Wolverhampton which did you like the least I kind of like I liked uh, yeah I used to go like the canal club down there it was great fun and uh, I worked in also worked where I worked Casa do you remember Casa what's Casa it's like you know, it was the bank just next to the, the hairdressers you know where the Royal London is the, Lon- the Royal London, you know, the, the, the pub the, on the corner, the pub on the corner, yeah, 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 and yeah. yeah. Like the hairdressers on the side of it, and you got the bank that used to be an old bank. It used to be a bank, oh, okay, and it's now like a Weatherspoons or something like that. But it used uh-huh. to be like a cheesy wine bar. <laughs> and so I did that the weekends as well as the gym job as well. But um, yeah, so just fuck yeah, man. So I did, but like I because uh, I started like comedy when I was when I was in, living in Wolverhampton. Like, and I was like, okay, because I know I know I'd want to do some fucking performance, because in Ireland, they never kind of went... So did you kind of meet Paul Savage in those days? Paul Savage. Uh, no, Joe, I did meet Oski. Uh, do you know Oski? Oxy. Yeah, Oxy. Yeah, yeah, you know, who does the artist now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was gigging when... He, he was running gigs in Leamington Spa, wasn't he? Places that's right, like that. that's right. And uh, so he was uh, he was there, and like uh, a couple of others as well that uh, I saw on the circuit, but like... I was fucking terrible. It was like it was. Um, I did it the the comedy course, which was run by a guy called Jack Milner. Where was Jack, that? It was in that was in the uh, East Fifty Next Acting School. In is East yeah in, in well it's not far from here. In, yeah, that's right. I got the train down from. Uh, you were commute to go to a comedy course. Uh, from Hemel. I got yeah, that's right. You had to do a comedy course. Got came down from uh, Wolverhampton to to London, and oh my I, god, that must have cost you a fortune. It was like twenty quid a, a pop, you know. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. And sometimes version trains wouldn't make it, and I was like, shit, I fucking missed out on this. But but I did the the I did the the showcase right. Oh hyper anyway, as I mm. am still a little bit, but I was even more then. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so I went down to the uh, the the course, and I was I was. 
engaged at the time with it to this girl stupidly oh my god I was, I was like 23 right and I was like I was, I was like I was like oh my god this is the thing that I've got all I've got like, you know I was just I was, I was kind of you know you know the time when you're like broken you're like yeah sure I'll take any, any anything that's yeah. going to get me through the low self esteem so, relationship yeah totally that was it it was one of those low moments like yeah sure anything hold on to something oh, and, bless so, you. and so uh, and so yeah so what that the worst idea and then uh, so she came with her friend right and she drank a lot of vodka fucking hammered right this is I was supposed to do tw- uh, five minutes I did 20 minutes I was like fuck's sake so you know I just went mental I was like wow, I was just enjoying myself so much I was like whoa and I got another gig uh, and then from that and then it was in the Princess the Prince of Wales pub I think it's in I'm not sure where it is actually in Wolverhampton no it's in London somewhere I, to come back I mean, there's back loads of Prince of Wales pubs yeah, in London. There's millions it. of them. It's in Stratford area, I think. Uh, came down to that one and died hard. Died the worst, you know. Ouch. And uh, yeah, it was tough. Anyway, that's, we, I mean, the, that fiance, we didn't work out. Um, but I wrote a song about her, put it into like a, a 10 minute set. It's all material. It was. It was all material. <laughs> and then like, so put it into this and I thought, invite all her friends because that's, you know, what you do. And then so invite all her friends to the gig. And it was in the, you know, the, the little Civic when they had a gig there. Yeah, uh, I do so, remember. I did it, and yeah, it was, and I, and I was like, and I was in the middle, middle spot, and, and Matt Kirshen was closing, and uh, I can't remember who was emceeing. Anyway, all my mates came, and like her friends came as well. It was great. <laughs> so I was like, shit, I've got to nail this. And uh, my mate Steve Emerson I was talking about a minute ago, who did the course in Wolverhampton. Mm. He uh, was a musician. I was like, hey man, can you do a wild track for me because I can't play the guitar. So I said, like, yeah, sure. So I got the fucking inflatable guitar, and I was like, fucking, this is my fourth gig, you know, and uh, and so I did that, and. And I did the song. I knew the song down. I said, like, "I've got to nail this fucking gig, right? If I don't nail this gig, it's going to be really embarrassing." So you put loads of pressure on yourself. Oh, like, absolutely! But I was like, and I nailed it as best I could of having my, of being in my Aww. fourth gig, and uh, and it did, and I did well. And they were like, and, and then the things you know when you uh, do well, and the acts that are seasoned pros come to you go. Got a lot of friends here tonight, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, then, and they're like, "Fuck you!" Crap. Yeah, t- and I was like, I, "Yeah, absolutely." They were like, "They were like, totally like, yeah," because I, because I, I really felt for this. This you could feel the emotion in it. Like you know, I was like, "Fucking fuck her," and it was just like, it was great, and it was just really fun. And it was like three verses, and uh, so, but you know, hey, look, you know, they hung out to the third verse, fair play to them. Bless. But you know, but that was what so that was my Wolverhampton. And I said that, and I did that. It's a shame the little civic doesn't run anymore. Does it not? No, no, I don't think so. Kind of comedy, wasn't it? Kind of. Yeah. Well. Because I I really annoyed annoyed the staff there because they had the room set up really weird because they had normal seats at the back and then tall tables and stools in front of them. And I I said to the black woman, these need to be moved to the back. And then I wandered off to the backstage or something and a friend of mine who was also part of Wolves crew as well. I think he used to work for Stage Walls, which were kind of the freelance crew and company that used to work at the Civic. He'd gone and he went up to my, my mate and went... Oh, that's pretty telling me what to do. <laughs> and my mate went, well, she's got a point, hasn't she? Yeah. You know, they're not going to be able to see. It's just really obvious. Oh, yeah, God. Totally. Oh. So the thing at the noise, what, so what What did you not like about Wolverhampton? There was a lot of kind of muggings and shit. I got my room done over twice. When you I was never? In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, <gasps> yeah. Like, in the halls of residence, like, the, all the Asian boys would be like, uh, this is all true now, right? All the Asian boys, just like, Disclaimer: All the Asian boys were like uh, one guy come from uh, Scot down from Scotland and uh, kicked his own door in, and then like gave all the the fucking all his electrical shit to his his mate downstairs and went, 
oh no, my room's been done over. Call the police and like you know, got all the insurance money. You know, all these boys are scamming the fuck out of it on the halls of really? residence. Like, and I was like, oh man. And so there, I got like a couple of grand in the pocket, you know, and and uh, but like um, I got my room done over, lit, actually done over uh, twice. So that wasn't fun, but like that, that was it. But you know, it's just seeing it, it's, you know how it is. I guess I, I rarely meet people that have lived in Wolverhampton. I quite, it though. I quite find it quite fascinating. I lived in Codsall as well. I lived in Codsall for a little bit as well. Oh uh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was that was kind of nice. Stuff. But everyone was, but I found Wolverhampton. Everyone was so friendly and just yeah, down to are. earth, you know. And that's a, it. A friend of mine, um, Ian Stone, stand up. He um, was recording a little kind of documentary for Radio Four about football fans. So him and the producer, they went up to Wolverhampton. He rang me on the way up, and he was like, "I'm going. We're, I'm going to Wolverhampton. We're going to meet some Wolves fans, and we're going to get the coach up to Carlisle." <laughs> right. And I was like, all right then, you'll have a nice time. He's like, oh, I'm a bit nervous. Honestly, don't. Everyone's fine. And then he ran me back at one o'clock in the morning. And he went, why is everyone from Wolverhampton so nice? Mm-hmm. I went, because they all know it's a shithole and they've got nothing to prove. Yeah. And he said, everyone on the coach, they were all so lovely and so friendly mm. and they had the best time. Yeah. That's it. Just down to earth. Just normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's There's it. absolutely no airs or graces. No. I mean, they can be slightly basic at times. Mm-hmm. i tell you what really does annoy me about the Midlands. Maybe it's not a specific Midlands thing. And I know it's kind of a lot of my friends who are also from my town. Mm. That can't be arsedness. There's a very kind of lackadaisical mm. attitude. CBA. <laughs> completely. And, but it, even when I was younger, and mm. it was like, Cause should we go and do this? No, no, can't be like, Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And I think that's part of, the, part of the reason why I wanted to come to London when I was mm. younger. Mm. Because it was just like, you know, there was just more going on, really. Yeah, yeah. And what, you were from Wolverhampton Central, like, like the city? No, no, I'm actually from a small town on the outskirts um, called Willenhall. It's in yeah, between yeah. Wolverhampton and Walsall. Yeah. Um, but it's got a Wolverhampton postcode, it's got a Wolverhampton phone code as mm. well. But weirdly, it's actually within the borough of Walsall. It right. used to be Staffordshire, I don't know, mm-hmm. it all moves around, doesn't it? So yeah, my parents moved down to Walsall when my brother was two. He's five years older than me, because my dad got offered a job down there. He was, they were in Glasgow, my dad couldn't get any work, and he was a qualified meat inspector. And he got off a job in Walsall that came with a flat and he had a young family and so they moved down to there and I've ended up with this ridiculous fucking accent. Yeah, yeah. Bastards. <laughs> and my mum always yeah. threatened me with elocution lessons and my accent wasn't quite as broad when I was growing up mm. because obviously I had that kind of slight different influence of my parents. Mm. But the minute I went to comprehensive school, it was just like, oh, talking like this and my mum hated it. Like, well, don't fucking live it. Don't make us live it. And if you don't want me to speak like this, she always had a go at me about my accent. And it's it just it's just really unfair. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Totally. But it's your fault, isn't it? Yeah. Of course, you're going to just get morphed into where you live, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, of like course this. it is. Yeah. It's like, because when I did my accent course, um, course show rather, oh. it's called, where you fit in with your peers, it's called code switching. Right. Or accommodation, so you accommodate their voice. It's mm. like when people speak in their telephone voice and all yeah, that kind yeah. of nonsense. Or in layman's terms, not getting your head kicked in. Yeah, Because totally. my, my brother had a Scottish accent, even though he moved down to Midlands when he was 18 months old. Because you, you learn to speak from your family, don't you? Mm. And we had no other family. We had no other... So it's like just literally my mum and dad and my brother. So when he went to school, um, he had a Glaswegian accent, but oh, he yeah. got beaten up for that. Uh. So what he did, he would speak with it, and he still does it to this very day. He speaks with an English accent outside the house and a Scottish accent inside the house because he lives in Newcastle now. Yeah. Well, he lives in Gateshead because he likes his women like he likes his crosswords. Really easy. Yeah. So, so he'll come to gigs when I'm gigging up north in the northeast, and he'll speak to me in a Scottish accent and to everybody else in an English accent. Yeah, right. And he just—I don't even know if he does it even consciously anymore because he's, he's done it for so long. Yeah. 
And at home, when it, if he answered the phone, he would just literally do a kind of uh, like grunt and then yeah. work out who was on the other end before nice. he switched into whatever accent. Yeah, a little, uh, little safety. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> wow, a little tester. Who's this? Uh. <laughs> but when we went on holiday to Ireland, I was hanging about with a girl called Clara McGann from Dublin. Oh. I had an Irish accent yeah. for two weeks and Great. it stuck. <laughs> so for three days when I was home, I was still speaking an Irish accent and my mum loved it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, got our child back. We've got our child back. She's not from Wolverhampton anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she's new now. She's slightly more Celtic than she was. Oh, yeah. So uh, yeah, but I've got a cousin who's around the corner actually, and I never knew I had any family in London. Oh. And it wasn't until I'd been living in this flat for three years that my mum went, "We think your dad's cousin that lives in the corner for you, Susan." I'm like, "What?" And she'd been here since the seventies. So the whole time I was in London, miserable. And when I, when I first moved here, I had family here and I oh, never knew. Man, I, I got family that because I, my father's Sri Lankan. I know, right? Is it really? Yeah, you'd never know, right? It's crazy. Proper not. I you know. I've like, been on a sunbed. I've got on my mother, like you know, the colouring and everything like that. It's like pale Celtic skin. Yeah, that's it. And you know, she was like <laughs> determined, like no, those jeans going in my belly. <laughs> that's it. Brilliant. It put me in the fridge. Where did your parents put me in the meet? Fridge and everything. You're not getting there. near that heater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did they meet? Uh, they met in London. Yeah, and then moved back to Ireland. Yeah. How terribly modern. What, did they meet at work? I want uh, to know the story. Just out, out, out and out. That was it. Just out, out, out. out and about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereabouts in our, you're from Cork? Cork, yeah, yeah. So it's, what it's were the Cork people like? Uh, are they are they quite right? Because the Irish are generally... Yeah, well, we, they're kind of... The stereotype is the Irish are racist. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that... Is well, there depends, truth in that? It depends if, like... It depends how many of you there are. If there's a big group of you, they are. But if there's only one or two, then it's like, oh, they're individual. Individ- oh, you're unique. You're like sort of like a unicorn, you know what I mean? What so like a, a big group of Sri Lankans? Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, they're threatening, but like right, one, okay. it's so like, it's like oh, a gang mentality. Hello, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? So we like because there was one uh, there was one black kid in 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 my in my class. Yeah, uh, when I went to school, and like he was like you know he was a king, really? but, but like I was like all right, yeah, and so I was just like, but so when I was there, I was like, well, you know, that was it, but it didn't make make, make fuck all difference. No, but my dad's right. It's like, yeah, you don't look it, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, doesn't you're, count. You're not white enough, even though you're not white enough. <laughs> you know, so it was like one of those things. So, so what's your set phone under? Phone under it. It's like because the Dutch settled in Sri Lanka. Extra Dutch I think, Sri Lanka. I think for the like great great grandfather was like I think Dutch or something like that. You oh know? right, okay. And so uh, you know, kind a bit of behind fifty-seven variety, fucking absolutely, and everything. You know, so I thought I'd go see my family in uh, Sri Lanka this year because I thought, well, look, fuck it, you know, I'm getting older and they're getting older as well. Because my cousin was like, come on, visit. So okay, so we'll see how it goes. And they're all fucking Christians over there. I was like, ah, bollocks! I wanted to be like Hindu or Muslim yeah, or man, Buddhist. The cool like, yeah, man, cool religions, not Christian. You want? Oh, nothing more nerdy oh, than a Christian. So Jesus. boring. It's like oh, just like you do biscuits and fucking tea and uh, no booze, booze no, well they kind of they kind of do drink a little bit but not as much as you'd want them to you know what I mean just not as much I've heard the Sri Lankans are a really really friendly bunch of people mm-hmm. myself and my wife went over and like because uh, my wife's Gujarati right Gujarati Indian you really yeah 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 and so you know and, and so I was like <laughs> so funny <laughs> so yeah, trying to get, just trying to go back it's in the genes you return to form <laughs> totally. all your kids must be gorgeous have you got kids I've got two kids I've got, uh, let me show let me see a picture they're uh, beautiful I, I don't have any kid pictures of them on my phone what? actually no, what did no, no. you tell my wife. Dad. That's my wife. Oh, she's a stunner. Sri Lankan hospitality it was great. We're getting these our meals and everything. My cousin, she's like about fifty. She's really nice. But and, and her my nieces and stuff were around and that. And then yeah, they're bringing us food out. Right, they were a really small table, probably about the size of maybe about double the size of this. And there was only room for two people to sit in it. Right, so there's like standing next to us and that. And then for the first uh, meal, she brought us out. 
uh, she brought us out boiling hot soup. Now it's, it's nearly forty degrees, right? Nearly forty degrees of heat, oh, and we're like sitting. There's no air conditioning, and there's no uh, there's no fan in the in the kitchen. So they're sitting there having this for this soup, this boiling molten soup, right? Oh, love it. And then and then she, so we're me and my wife were just like trying to eat the soup, and then we got like a some ice cold water here next to us, and my cousin's like, I don't know how you can eat that. Don't you have like soup, your soup like this as well? No, we have it cold. <laughs> I was like, what? why were they giving it you hot then? Because they know. think that English people eat yeah, hot. Yeah, because they think we're, we're like we're cold inside because you know we need the heat to keep our our uh, our whole like digestion and metabolism stuff going. I guess because no, we're I don't in a want cold to die climate. of fucking sunstroke. That's it. Sunstroke in a bowl. Th- that is it. And I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was like I mean, so me and wife were laughing her tits off later. On. I was like, oh my god, that's fucking ridiculous. Like she gave us everything boiling hot. It's like you know, everything was just like because she has this idea that we're from like fucking an ice planet somewhere. You know, that we need the heat. Otherwise, we're, <laughs> we're, we're we'll die. I don't know how you can eat that. That's yeah, hilarious. Like, like orchids, like orchids, right? We're just like <laughs> we need a special treatment. You know, otherwise we'll just wither and die. But it was like we're just oh. We're, of pissing ourselves it's like oh man this is ridiculous but it's so funny went to an elephant sanctuary but isn't really an elephant sanctuary it's uh, oh I love elephants yeah, me they're too they're my favourite animal they're great huh yeah. uh, I used to collect them I used to, when I was a kid I used to collect, oh I did you really them. yeah yeah loads brilliant of uh, and for some reason I had ra- one random giraffe as well I don't know why I just you know so maybe someone would get the memo masquerade it is <laughs> <laughs> only joking I'm just an elephant yeah, but uh, it was like I have a long, I have a long neck not a nose but come on is that the same thing it's still a neck I'm sorry uh, but uh, so yeah so that was in the corner uh, but I was like, um, but yeah, it was really weird with this uh, elephant's orphanage that wasn't an orphanage. It was like just like an, a place where they took elephants to like, so they get money. Like, you know, they called here's the elephant orphanage, but it was like, oh, the elephants were like just being paraded to basically, do you want to feed the elephant? I mean, how do you check if an elephant's an orphan? Yeah, how do you it. check? That's it. It's never going to say, is it? They don't come with paperwork. No, that's this, exactly. And so it, everything was like a massive ripoff. Like, I mean, you got properly screwed. If you ever go to Sri Lanka, do a package deal, fuck it, you know, because that is the only way you'll know that you're not going to get shafted. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. They're real. They're, I was like, you know, after a while, you know, you're in a place where and you start to look at the look, everyone go, okay, you're talking to me, but what the fuck do you want? <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? You know what yeah, I mean? You're like, yeah, you, start, yeah. you get a bit cynical like that. You're yeah. like, oh man, it's so frustrating. So I was like, all right, so, but we, we, yeah, so we did that. We spent. Did they do a decent Tarkadal in Sri Lanka? Uh, we had, the food was pretty, pretty good. I found sometimes there, they just went, okay, uh, let's just put every spice in this and then like you know it was like, oh, okay. Oh, okay so it was one of those you know but but well, it was a good experience to see meet the family and kind of catch up oh, I love tarkadar it's my favourite food in the world and I've been trying to find a recipe that I can make at home yeah and it, you just I just can't get it like the takeaways do mm. there are loads of um, online groups on Facebook for Waltham Forest yeah and there's one called uh, Walthamstow Residence News and it was started during the riots Right. So people could share information, blah, blah, blah. But now there's like 23 members. And of course, Walthamstow is so diverse. Mm. I put out a shout out going, can anyone give me a decent recipe for Tarkadal? So I've got 20 printed out. Mm. And I'm going to systematically go through them and film me making these Tarkadal to see if I can get one that actually yeah. is the one that I'm looking for. But I've been trying for years to try and get there and I just can't do it. I've never managed it. I think the key might be to use shitloads of ghee, which is okay. if you're Scottish and you're prone to high cholesterol as it is. You started a riot. Uh, so how the fuck did you start a riot? How, what happened there? Oh, God. We'd been to the garage, which was a club. And it's kind of still there. It shut, it shut down in the meantime and reopened. The garage used to be called the Town and Country Club. You know the Forum? The Forum in Ten- Kentish Town? Right, yeah. Big gig venue. That used yeah. to be called the Town and Country Club. Mm. So they had a little sister club called the Town and Country 2 near Highbury Corner. And I'll tell you who used to run that. Josh Jones of Cosmic Comedy. Right. She used to run that. 
they had comedy on there years ago, but every Saturday night there was an indie gig, indie mm-hmm. club rather. So I'd go there for my birthday every year without fail. Right, we're going to the garage, go to the garage, go to the garage, you can go to K-Sider, come on, go to the garage, <laughs> fucking dancing to Nirvana. <laughs> and then, and me and a friend of mine, me and three mates of mine, including the bass player from Sham 69, <laughs> we all went back to my mate's house on Holloway. Me and Kermit, the bass player, we'd, we'd gone on ahead, so we're kind of... You know those estates where it's like four levels and they've all got balconies and it all faces in, you know, the proper London estates? Mm. And we'd gone on ahead, so we were up on the balcony and I could hear what I thought was my friend Kerry in the bottom yakking away because she had a kind of London accent. Mm. So this is like three o'clock in the morning, right? So I shout... And it was just after 24-hour drinking had come in, so everyone's licences were later, so it was, like, really late. Mm. So I shouted down to her, shut your fucking mouth, like this, <laughs> thinking it was my mate. It fucking wasn't, was it? And then I heard someone go, who the fuck are you talking to? Oh, no. And then, just after I shouted that, the lift door opened and Kerry was in the lift. <laughs> who the fuck are you talking to? Then someone else started shouting at her, then oh. someone else started shouting at him, then he started... So all these people dotted around, like, started, I, I put the bomb in, yeah. and then I went, fucking quick, get in the flat. So yeah. I fucking ran in the flat, right? Yeah. And then we, we went into the front room so we couldn't hear the back end. Yeah, yeah. Passed out, drunk, blah, blah, blah. Following day, the guy who lives in the flat, he'd gone to the um, Waitrose on Holloway Road oh. and a woman, woman on the till lives on that stage. Said, Did you see all that tubbing, tubbing on the estate last night? And Jess was like, um... Innocent face. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, yeah, well, it started about, I don't know, about half three in the morning, something like that. Next thing we knew, right, Van's there, the dog's there. Like, it's the fucking... It really, really, really kicked off yeah. because I thought that Kerry was on the ground floor and she was actually in the lift, so that was all my fault. Shut your fucking mouth! Like, as a joke. Yeah. Oh, man, that backfired. Fuck. But I, I didn't have to see the... I didn't see what really went on, but, yeah, yeah we heard that the yeah. police had been called and riot vans and all sorts, yeah. so... Words have power, hey? <laughs> yeah, wow. I think it was a bit like, you know when um, dogs start barking yeah, yeah. and it all just escalates. escalates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, she didn't get a video of that. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and here's the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I should have, oh, uh, yeah, and, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, my phone, I had a video at that point, it was quite a while yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, Up to Daisy, moments. So... <laughs> The next thing you got to do is like your festival, which is on the what? When does it starts start? Starts on the 4th of June. 4th of June. There's a two week block, it ends on the 17th. It starts with Zoe Lyons and Red Jen Brister. Yeah. But that's a lesbian night. Right. And then um, <laughs> then on, ends on the 17th, which is a matinee. I've got Robin in, so that's the, the, that's the intellectual afternoon. And then I've got three matinees due in July with Tom Stage, Sean Marshall, and Marcus Brigstock. So it ends with Marcus Brigstock, really. Yeah. I'm doing four nights at a pub in Brixton. Basically, I'm coming for the Victoria line. I'm doing it, getting it in pincer movements. I've got Vic, I've got Walthams at one end, Brixton at the other end. Mm-hmm. So I'll be slowly taking it over as the years <laughs> go on. So I'll have the whole Victoria yeah. line at some point. But that's the Prince of Wales, and that's because a friend of mine who used to be the manager at the Comedy Cafe, mm. he now runs the pub in Brixton. They've got a, a decent-sized room, and he likes comedy and he's into comedy mm. and I just said, do you fancy having some previews in your gig? Because I'm booking these people anyway. Might as well mm-hmm. stick them in your went, Yeah, yeah, no problem. Great. So, yeah. just got to hope that their promotion machine does the trick. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. I'm not promoting that one. Right. <laughs> well, good Fingers, luck. Fingers yeah, yeah. crossed. <laughs> and so what else you got on the planning? Just like, just focusing on that. What, what about after this? Anything exciting um, for you? Delisa said he might be extending his tour. Oh, yeah. So um, I might, I'll probably be doing more dates for that. And then I've got lots of gigs booked for the autumn, carrying on with the radio. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. Really. I mean, I've got a little project on the back burner that I can't tell you about because then if I did, I'd have to kill, me. kill you. Yes, yes obviously. Yeah, and all your, all your listeners. <laughs> and, so yeah. I'm just looking forward to the fact that I'm not in Edinburgh. Oh, nice, yeah. A bit of a you do, you I'm doing, doing Edinburgh. Edinburgh this year as well. Oh, mate. Uh, I'm, no, coming, no, up, I'm coming up for five days on a jolly, yeah. which is the best way to do it, I find. Mm. And the rest of the time, I'm just going to be sunning myself. See that swing seat that's in the oh, garden yeah, there? nice. It's called Greg Davies. Right. Because when Greg Davies did a preview at my gig last year, he refused to let me pay him. So I bought that. So oh. every now I'll, I'll be sitting on Greg Davis for most of August. Fair. That's a great. That's a probably better time I'm going to have in Edinburgh this year. <laughs> I can guarantee it will yeah, be. I'm going to be in the wee room in uh, the Free Sisters, the little uh, little behind the back. You know, the sort of like the one that looks like a speakeasy. You can walk in. It's like a kind of like cushion, nice cushion. Oh, I've not been in that one. Very nice. It's like it's very. So I've actually got walls this year. Uh, oh, so, that'd be uh, luxury for you, on, won't it? And what's uh, the show called? It's called uh, By the Power of Grayskull. Uh, and uh, so it's an absolute <laughs> fuck about show because I just want to get some stuff out you know and just like just hold some shit up you know uh, basically just going to uh, sandwich two club sets together and then uh, and just kind of make them as best I can possibly make them by yeah. the end of the end of the run you know and then joke just, heavy yeah absolutely there's going to be no narrative. and how many does it hold uh, it holds about maybe 25 I think and what time are you on uh, 2.45 that's good. Mm, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. It does, it's a lot of passing trade at that venue. Loads. You can like you can pretty easily fill. Oh, I'll come and see you for fill. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll definitely come along. Yeah. I'll be flung so, over more yeah, than I fine. am now. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's really <laughs> intimate. It's probably like this. It's like as it's like maybe just maybe like the same shape like as, as a couch. You know, like, yeah, sort yeah, of, like yeah. It's a really lovely little room. It's also oh yeah, I'll definitely come and have a look. Yeah, great. Was it? Yeah, it's like two, I, but I'm not only like nine, maybe nine or twelve dates. So yeah. See, I'm coming um, the first week. Yeah, I should be there. I'm there the first week. Oh, I'll look out for you. Yeah, great. Brilliant. Brilliant. All right, Susan, where can we find you? Susan-Murray.co.uk is my website. Mm. Radiantcomedy.com is my club. Mm. And I MC the club every time it's on, generally. Yeah. So a resident host, and I'm just gigging round and about and right. just... Google me basically. Yeah, Google me. Google me. Um, do, you, do you actually keep your your gig dates updated on your own website? No, I've, no, because I don't either. No, it's really I'm trying, I can't be bothered. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be really efficient. <laughs> I just direct know. people to Chortle because they yeah. have most of the listings on there, and I just go. Yeah. I'll just go and have a look on his website. Yeah. That's fair. That's a good idea. It's good. Did, mm. Oh, oh, yo, you're going to miss the party. I'm organising the summer party. Oh, okay. you know the winter one that I organise. Yeah, the comedy yeah. Christmas. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you been to it? I've never been to it. No, no. Why haven't you been? Uh, I just. I've been doing it for ten years. Second Tuesday in January, and it's huge. Okay, I'll come. It's like the biggest comedy event of the year. Right. And everyone comes. Mark Steele comes, Arthur Smith comes, Jeremy Hardy comes, Al Murray's been, Mickey Flanagan's been. All down to people, and then like, you know, there's right. a big spectrum of like. That's great. Okay, I'm going to have to come. So I'm, to come. I'm doing a summer on this year as well. The right. Edinburgh Binge Festival. All right, cool. Right. That's <laughs> it. Maybe next year. Maybe. People that aren't doing Edinburgh. Right. Yeah, we're not in Edinburgh. <laughs> and we're going to get ranked anyway. You can enjoy yourselves. That's yeah, it. That's well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll Skype you. We'll Skype Edinburgh. Yeah. We'll Skype you from our party. Great, yours. Chris, great. <laughs> Facebook Live after the gig is like, oh, how's that? <laughs> yeah, <that's it. laughs> oh, good luck in Edinburgh. Time. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it should be good. I'm going to enjoy it either way. Thanks for having me on podcast it's been really good fun i enjoyed it too thanks thanks susan and that was episode 64 with a very funny susan murray now if you want to go see her live she's just been added on to more dates supporting delisa chaponda you know the guy from britain's got talent yeah that one she's very funny go and check her out she also does a radio show with nina benjamin called you have been warned and that is an online radio show for east london radio She's also hopefully going to be running the Walthamstow Comedy Festival again next year for 2019. Hope. She also has her own comedy club called The Red Imp. Go check her out online. Go and see her, but go and see her live. She's very funny.
You can follow this podcast on Twitter at The Comedy Defect. You can follow me at Winter Phone Under. You can also see my live stand-up gig dates, which are on my website, which is winterphoneunder.com. Now, you're going to get this at the end of August. I have three dates left of my Fringe experience. So if I'm still at the Fringe, come and see me live. I'll be at the Edinburgh Fringe. There'll be a few spaces or places that I'm going to be playing at. And you can come see the light in my eyes just be extinguished because I'll be so tired. But it's going to be great, honestly. I'm going to really enjoy this year. Uh, This show is full of jokes, full of fun, and I'm just going to love doing it. And I hope you come to see my show for about 12 dates. It's called By the Power of Grayskull. It's in the wee room in the Three Sisters. You go right to the back of the bar, up the stairs, through the door. It's only about a 25-seater, so get in there quick. And it's going to be a lovely little room to, to play. I've got walls this year. I'm not playing a tent. So come and see my live stand-up, which I've been working on hard this year. It's not a narrative show. It's a fun, joke-filled show. So come and see it. There's no baggy stories. It's just fun. That's my show, By the Power of Grayskull, guys. But whatever you do for August, take a break. Enjoy yourselves. And if you're in Edinburgh, work your ass off. And if I'm there and you're there, give me a shout. We'll go for a pint. I'll probably need it. Edinburgh is hard and long and grueling, but it's also very fun. Whatever you do for August, I hope you enjoyed it. And I'll see you again in September for episode 65 with a very special guest. So special, I haven't recorded it yet. So we'll see you in September.